I think good things are about to happen. Why don't we just lower our expectations and we'll all have a really good time, okay? Okay. That was kind of a joke. Um, <laughs> We're all quiet. <laughs> expectations lowered. Check. Well, I'm Dave. I'm the family. I'm the. It's not wrong group, Bruce. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm the family pastor here. I have four kids, and I'm looking forward to sharing with you guys. I know many of you. I like some of you. I don't know a lot of you. Um, so it's just great. You know, part of helping people is just being honest. And um, so uh, I just want to pray. I don't like to say that just and pray in the same sentence. I want to pray. And uh, I believe that God has allowed me to have some experiences in my life to unearth gifts within me and unearth some of the things that he wants to be done through my life that aren't even gifts of mine. And so each one of us are qualified to help others. So I'd like to just pray to that end that the Lord would reveal himself to each of you today. (sighs) Father, you are good and faithful and true. We love you. We need you. We are not in this room because we want to just add a few notches to our awesome helpfulness gifts. We want to be great by being the servant of all. But we want to do that like Christ would have us do it. We want to do that in a way that genuinely brings help and healing and wholeness to others. We want to serve people in a way that makes Jesus the center of attention, not us. So I am honored to be in this room full of people who want to serve, want to help. Would you allow us to be honest with our own weaknesses, our own needs, and our own shortcomings so that we can identify with Christ as... Um, You empower us in our weakness to serve people. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, this is great. Just kidding. I don't think there's anyone in this room I don't like. I mean, so just in case, you know, that was a concern. Um, So, uh, we... You see the notes here. There's a lot of space for you guys to write notes. We're going to be talking to each other today. We're going to be, you're going to be filling in whatever blanks you want for each of these things. Then we're going to have a little time at the end um, where I really believe that it's important to leave a day like this with a few specific things that we're going to try. Otherwise, we leave a day like this hearing 50 great ideas and then a week later we can't remember any of them and then it's kind of frustrating. So I really want to encourage you throughout this day Um, to just really highlight a few things that you really want to take with you to the next step, to the next level, action steps um, that are manageable for you. You always have your guide as a resource and uh, to look back on, but don't try to do it all, and don't try to do it all today because it will just leave us frustrated. So that's my little sales pitch. As I've attended many conferences, it's important to go away with a few specific things. So... um, I want, 
We've been sitting a lot today, so I want to invite you to stand up for a moment. Um, if it's easy for you to stand up. If not, that's fine too. And we'll come to you if, if it's not. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to get into groups of three to five people. Okay? Just really quick. If standing. You don't, standing. Sure. Three to five people. If you have six people, it's two groups. All right? So you just turn around to the people that are near you. Three to five people. All right? All right. Introduce yourself to the people in your group that you do not know. Okay. Thank you. All right. First, do we get Okay. Sorry, that was uh, muscle spasm. Um, okay. So now you're all, or at least you have heard each other's names, whether you remember them, whether you like them. Those are not my concerns right now. Okay, but uh, here is my question. And I just want you to answer, if you feel comfortable in your group, why do you want to help people? I don't want big, long answers, but just answer that question in your group of people. We'll take a minute or two here. Why do you want to help people? Go. Hey, let's check again. We're the first. It's done again. I just. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. So uh, I would like to hear from this side of the room just shout out a couple of reasons why do you want to help people? Feels good. It feels good. Somebody helped me. Somebody helped me. Anyone else over here? Share what we have. To share what you have. How about over here? Um, why are what are some of the reasons you want to help people? Seeing the need of the broken, that's great. Anyone else? Compulsion. Compulsion. Just to do yes, yes. Okay, excellent. All right, you may sit down. You will be with this, these people again. So, sorry if you ended up in the wrong group. <laughs> All right. So, uh, um, some of you know that I have discovered Facebook recently. And... Um, uh, so I hear a lot of, you see a lot of stuff that people post. Anyway, this, this friend of ours, um, apparently his sister died last week, and it was a bad situation. I didn't even know what happened, but I never met her. I didn't even know he had a sister, 31 years old. And um, I kind of know him, but I didn't know what to say. I wanted to say something. So I just reached out to him. He's actually friends with my son, so he's 22 years old. And I just had, I just sent him a message. I said, hey, you want to... If you ever want to grab lunch or breakfast, I said my treat. I said I'm, I said hang in there, bud. And uh, it was something I didn't want to talk about his sister because I didn't know her, and I wasn't even quite sure if it was a stepsister. I didn't have all the details. I just wanted to somehow give myself to him. And um, so anyway, yesterday he's like, 
I'm hungry. Is today good? And I said, you bet. So uh, we went to Culver's, and we just hung out there. And I just asked him, I said, so tell me what happened. And again, I wasn't even sure who this was in relationship to him. And, and he just kind of just shared with me this about you know five or six days ago that this happened. And, um, and I said, all right. And I just kind of sensed that he was... He wanted to share that, but it was done in two minutes. And then he said, thanks for buying me lunch. This is nice. And then we sat and talked about baseball for an hour and, and hot rods. And you know what? It was so great just to watch him, all of the pressure that he'd been feeling, just have a little respite, a little plateau, a little place, a little slice of normal, I call it. And, um, you know, I didn't have the answers for him. I didn't know his sister. I didn't want to say something dumb. All of these concerns were rolling around in my head as I reached out to him on Facebook and as I got together with him for lunch. But he just needed a slice of normal and he just needed a friend. And uh, that was something I could do. And that was pretty special. Yesterday, another friend of mine, or yeah, distant friend, she posted a picture of her and her brother, who it's been five years ago. Uh, Denny, I really miss you. Again, I just want to say something, but I just, I just said that as a great picture of you too. That meant so much to her. I didn't know what to say. I don't like talking about death. I mean, I don't know. Um, but it was just, I was commenting on something that she presented in a very per- affirming way. So this, our first point, helping someone requires less than you might think. Um, there are a lot of times that I just feel inadequate, um, and maybe you can relate to some of my, um, I don't know what to say, it's just easier for me not to say anything, because I can't relate, I didn't have a sister that died, I didn't, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what to say. Do any of you ever feel inadequate to help the, help somebody? Raise your hand, because I really, okay, look around, There's. it's most all of us in this room. I want to just hear from you a little shout back here. Um, what? How do you feel inadequate? Just quick answers if you have something you'd like to share. What What makes you feel inadequate sometimes? I can't fix it. Yes. Just still dealing with my own hurt. <laughs> still dealing with your own hurt, our own stuff. You can't fix it. What else? You don't have experience in that particular situation. Sure. I'm right here, and I've got this whole thing going on, and I'm looking to you, and you've got nothing in the way of experience to connect the dots with me. Yeah. What else? How else do you feel inadequate? Yeah, you're both at a loss. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, and uh, saying the wrong thing. Yeah, fear perhaps of saying the wrong thing. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear about your sister. It was actually my cousin. Yeah. Deluxe value basket, anyone? (laughs) Well, um, it's okay. You know what? We are inadequate to meet the deepest needs of people. But Jesus is adequate, and he just needs us to be available. You do not have to be perfect, but we do need to be present. And that is a big deal. We don't need to be perfect, but we do need to be present. And again, that's something that we share with our parenting class because there's a lot of parents that just are trying to figure it out and they're just, they're com- we compare ourselves with so many people. God doesn't need us to be perfect. He's perfect. He needs us to be present so that he can represent himself through us. That's 
the real deal when we're helping someone. So you don't have to have all the goods. God's got it. And he does the heavy lifting. And you don't have to do really well at your job because God's really great at his job. But you got to show up for work. you got to be present so that God can maybe do something through you. So um, I'm just going to blast through a few things here. Um, <laughs> yes. You said that you've just got to show up, and that's the thing I struggle with is maybe someone else should, should I let someone else do it? Should you let someone else meet their need or help them? Yeah, instead of me. Well, I think you can at least show up and be a friend. You can say, I'm sorry. You can say, you know, for whatever they're, whatever's going on with them. Um, there are so many needs. Um, boy, oh boy. Uh, and there's always going to be someone more qualified than you. But when people are at their point of need, and you know this because we're, we get to points of need. You need someone now. You don't need that person. You don't need that appointment next week. You need a fix right now of someone that can listen to you, someone that can empathize with you, someone that can just be there in your pain, someone that you can just text to and that'll text you back and just say, okay, I know that I'm not alone. So um, there are a lot of resources where you can maybe, you know, you hear someone's story and you're like, I can, I would love to introduce you to somebody else who might be able to help you take this to the next level. But just being a good listener is a big deal um, to start things off. And finding common ground. Just realizing that we're in this together. You are not a counselor. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the counselor. We're not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. There's only one Messiah, and it's not you or me. And that is really liberating because we just we don't need to fix their stuff. We need to point them to Jesus. And a lot of times people we meet people... Um, who don't know Jesus, who don't have a grid for Jesus, and we might might not be able to share the name Jesus, but we can be Jesus, and that's huge. Um, So, yes? How about, I mean, leading up, the Holy Spirit will lead you. Well, and that's also true, and we're going to get to that in a a minute, but uh, you just get there, and you'll be surprised at what God might do through you in that encounter. And even if you don't do anything, or even if you do the wrong thing, because I've done that too. I show up and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not that guy. Someone else hijacked the conversation. Yes! <laughs> um, you know, or I get there and I say the wrong thing. I'm stupid and I wish I would have done something different. And all of a sudden I offend them in their moment of weakness and need. That's happened. Sometimes I don't even know that it happened. Um, and so God works through us in spite of us. And that's a good word too. God works through us in spite of us. So, don't be afraid to show up. Don't show up, meaning don't run away from need. You don't have to have your own needs met before you meet the needs of others. Amen. You don't have to have all of your bills paid in order for God to use you to bless someone else financially. You don't need to have every piece of direction in your life taken care of. You might be in desperate need of a word from the Lord for you in a dark place in your own life. God could still use you to deliver a word, a prophetic word in season of life and hope and truth that will set someone else free, even in the midst of your own need. And here's the cool thing. When we give to others outside of our own weakness and inadequacies and shortcomings is that we see God meet their need 
in the midst of our need, and all of a sudden our need isn't as important because we see the power that God used in us to meet someone else's need. And all of a sudden it's like, that is awesome. Amen. I will walk in with this limp. I will walk in this poverty. I will do these things unto you, Lord, so that you can use me. His power is made perfect in our weakness. So it is okay to be weak. Paul proclaimed and boldly boasted about his weakness so that Christ's power, he said, might rest upon me. So you don't have to be great. God is great. Amen. But be there for people. We need each other. All right. Simple wisdom to meet a variety of needs. Um, this is me just... Number two. Roman numeral two. Ooh, they put Roman numerals in it. Wow, that makes me look kind of fancy there. Ever since I went to a digital clocks, I don't know what Roman numerals are anymore. So, um, we'll figure that out together. All right. So, for me, three, four weeks ago, I was in a, I was in a hard place. I don't know if life was hard or, um, but it's happened before. A lot of times I, this sneaks in in the middle of February for me, living in the Midwest. You know, life is, I mean, the skies are gloomy. We're not getting a lot of sunshine. We're not outside much. We're just kind of cooped up and whatever. I, I like to be, I like to be moving. I like to be with people. I like to be out and, um, so I got to watch this, especially in the winter months where I'll just, just experience just a, just some crushing and crippling, debilitating woes and depression and anxiety and frustration and stuff that I can't even put words to and things that, you know, people, what, what are you still laying on the couch for? Uh, Cause I can't, why are these dishes still out? I don't know, you know, and, and it just seems like every little suggestion that somebody gives to me is another demand that I can't meet. And um, so I um, found myself in a place of, of deep need. Um, and I couldn't even put words around it. I couldn't give you the quick bullet points. And truly, it was well with my soul. But, it, but my emotional health was teetering, and I was just frustrated and just kind of paralyzed by some things. And I came to our staff meeting on a Tuesday, three, four weeks ago. And, um, and I just, I didn't, I just said, Hey guys, you got a minute. Um, and I basically said, you know, I, I am happy, but I am heavy. And I just, just broke down and, and I said, I don't even have words to explain it. It's not like this was caused by A, B, and C, and if I do X, Y, and Z, we'll get out of it, and the quicker we do this, the better. And, and the beautiful thing that happened in that room that I wasn't sure was going to happen, here's what I thought was going to happen. I thought that all of the leaders in that room were going to try to, oh, I've been there before, I get that, you'll, you'll be okay. Or they would try to fix it, or they would try to give me pointers. Um, and you know what? I didn't need pointers. I mean, maybe I did, but I didn't want them right then. That was my moment of vulnerability. That was my moment of openness and um, rejection or feelings of inadequacies were just like, all those nerve endings were super <laughs> high. And, um, and they listened and empathized, said very little. They spoke very little, which said very much. And I just want to encourage you that when someone needs help that's deeper than what you or I can give them, we can speak less and say more. 
we don't have to fill them with all of our bullet point answers of things that they should do in ways that we can relate. They just need to know that they're not alone. And um, so there's just the power of being present, the power of not trying to fix. And uh, one of the guys left there after staff meeting, he's just like, hey, Dave, let me know if you need anything. And he started walking back. I said, you know what? I'll tell you what. I know that I need something. And I know that I'm not going to let you know. Because I don't even know what I need. And he said, okay. I said, if you just want to kidnap me sometime and just take me away. I said, and take care of all the details, that would be fine. But you even asking me what I need right now is just another demand that I can't meet in this broken state that I'm in. So that, that, uh, that afternoon, uh, a couple of the guys, they said, hey, after prayer meeting, we're going to go out. We're going to watch some basketball. We're going to get some pizza. And, um, and you're coming with. And I'm like, yeah. You know, and I'm like, this is great. This is what I like doing for people, you know. And uh, um, so we went out and hung out for a couple hours just in this restaurant and just, we didn't talk much. We just sat there and we chilled out. And stuffed our faces and laughed. And uh, you know what? They gave me a slice of normal in the middle of my dark valley. And um, I'll tell you, it's so good to be on the receiving end of that. And you can help people so much better when you are in tune and in touch with your own weakness. With your own weakness, your own need. Not only in tune and in touch, but verbal and vulnerable about it, you know. One of the greatest things that I've done, this is just I just keep thinking of different things here as we go through this, is I ask someone who's desperately coming to me for advice, I ask them for advice about something. And they're just so used to coming to somebody for help and counsel that it's been so long that they've been asked to help somebody else, especially somebody that they look up to. When someone just comes, would you just pray for me? Sometimes we need prayer. Big time. Sometimes that's the only thing that can break through in our deep, dark places because God needs to enter, not us. I'll ask them, hey, would you pray for me as well? I've got this going on and I've got this coming up. And all of a sudden they get to participate and they get to engage in a relationship with God as they minister to me, even though they came to me for help. So that's just a little side note of ways that you can help other people. Okay, so uh, we're gonna get in. We're gonna get in that group again. So, uh, but here's the question: because I know once you guys stand up, you stop listening to me. So here's the deal: uh, <laughs> no chocolate for you. Okay. Uh, who do you go to when you're hurting? Who do you go to when you're hurting, and why them? Okay. Again, you don't have to share in your group, but but at least, but I'm going to give you a chance. Who do you personally go to when you're hurting, and why them? All right, you may get in your groups again. Yeah. <laughs> 
One more minute. Your turn. Here, fall on this. Does this burn? someone that you go to when you're hurting? Does anyone want to share? Your husband? Okay. Did anyone else pick their spouse? Okay. Um, who else? Who's someone uh, outside of your spouse that you go to when you're hurting? Yes. Parents? Why? You're close to them. You know they're not going to judge you. Who else do you go to? when? Best friend? Why? Also, no judgment and encouragement. Um, safe place. Mm-hmm. No judgment, encouragement, safe place. That's good. Anyone else? Nobody. Who, who says nobody? Yeah? Nobody. Why? Because nobody's really safe to talk to. Nobody doesn't say anything. So doesn't take any energy to talk to nobody. Uh, without being comical, uh, how's that going for you? Sometimes it works out okay. Sometimes... Most of the time, probably not so great. But. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you ever invite anyone else into that circle? My wife. Would be the yeah. Next yeah. 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 Who else? Um, say that. Jesus. How so? And why? 
He has heard all my tears and all my frustrations and all my pain and all my sorrow, and he is the absolute safest person to be vulnerable with because he already knows and he has unconditional love. And so when I cried it out and talked it out and just sat with him for a long time, um, then I actually feel more comfortable to share it with someone else. Amen. That's good. Amen to that. Dark chocolate. Yes. I want to piggyback on what Lisa said. Um, I was telling the group here that um, there was a time, this one particular time, where I called like four or five different people and I was getting no answers from anybody and I really needed to talk. And then I I got the, the message from the Lord that He said, Oh, Come to me first. So that's what, you know, I mean, I was getting no answers, just answering machines and didn't leave any messages. And I just knew that the Lord just wanted me to come to him first. So I didn't just go dumping on everybody or anybody. It was very clear. Thank you for sharing that. Chocolate. Number three. Uh, I'm in charge here. So as long as we're clear with our roles, I can help you. (laughs) Yes. I feel compelled. Um, Being a little newer here, and I heard that we had a, um, I don't know if it's a dedicated number you call for prayer, or do I have that wrong? Here? Yeah. Or after hours? There is. There is a pastor on call 24 hours a day. Well, um, you happen to be the one one day, and um, I didn't know you. Um, is this a good story before we move story. on? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Just check this. Pastor Tom's recording these. That it's your, your prayer is still on my phone, and it's been about 12 months. Thank you. Keep going. Your darkest hour um, that you were sharing, um, I was there 12 months ago. So thank you. Appreciate it. You are welcome. Thanks, Randy. Um, This is something else that I've learned to do. When someone texts me, emails me, or even a group thing, you know, pray for this, pray for me, pray for my daughter. You know what? Instead of just saying, okay, I'll do that, delete, um, I email back a prayer. I text a prayer. I love that you can voice to text now. My thumb will last a lot longer now. But uh, you can pray a prayer for someone over text. I've exchanged this with several of you in this room. And it's just amazing, especially when you start writing out a prayer, all of a sudden God writes through you and he types through you and he speaks through you and you're speaking what he has to say in the midst of that dark place, not what you have to suggest. I'd rather hear what God has to say any day over what I have to suggest. Now, the fact that I'm just even there responding is a powerful thing. And that's why once in a while I will love getting a voicemail uh, or not getting them. I don't love that. I love giving them. Um, because even if I'm just calling someone, hey, Tom, how's it going? Hey, just making sure that we're still on or whatever. Often I will just 
hey, well, while I'm here and I got two minutes and 27 seconds left, uh, I'd like to pray for you and your family. And boom, I would just love, I just pray. And it's really neat because I can pray a lot more freely when nobody's listening, you know, <laughs> and, um, but knowing that that will go places. So Randy, when you said that, that's very special. Um, and you, you have no idea what you can bring in someone's dark moment. Um, or what God can bring through you in your own dark moment to someone else to meet them in theirs. Number three, how to assess what people might need most. Well, a lot of us would just say, well, they need Jesus most. Well, yes, but I'll tell you what. They might not be ready for Jesus in that moment. You know, Jesus is a big boulder. Hey, here's what you need. Hey, that hurt. I'm never coming back to you again. I wasn't ready for that. Well, a lot of the ways that people will start to get to know Jesus, hopefully, is by getting to know you and me. Because if Jesus is living in us and we're spending time with him, we're going to become more like him. And as we become more like him, people are going to see Jesus in us. And they're going to realize, why are you so patient? Why are you, why do you always have time for me? Why do you, it's because Jesus is patient with me. Jesus always has time for me. And by me giving this away to you, it's just a small fraction of what Jesus has done for me. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Want to hear more? No, I just was asking, but uh, I might. Let me know. Okay, so I just want to give three words under this that really help me. How to assess what people might need most. Listen, observe, and empathize. Listen, observe, and empathize. Just listen to them. I have a little, I'm going to just write on this board for a moment. I just noticed Pastor Joe was sleeping. This is something that I do, and I put it into a little word. Uh, the word is help. And so, thank you. Sorry. So this is this is a simple way that I connect with people, and I do it all the time. I don't do it because I have this cute little analogy or acronym. I do it because it's just what I do. Um, but the first thing is just very easy. Hi. I just, I notice people. I say hi. Hey. So, you know, depending if it's a guy, if it's a girl, or if I know them, or if I don't, or where it is, you know, it's just a, a lot of time the word dude comes in handy, you know. Dude. So, hey, dude. You know, guys, you know, and driving on the road. <laughs> so, you know, just bump each other. I don't know what you do. But it's just acknowledging the other person. Hey. Uh, and then I encourage. I'm trying to write big. Um, and I'll just say, hey, uh, what's happened today? Maureen, I noticed you got your haircut. And I just said, hey, you got your haircut recently. Yeah. I said, I like it. You know, it's just noticing something and adding value to them. You don't even have to make the stuff up. You just need to be aware. When we go to somewhere, you just notice somebody. And then you notice something about them and something affirming and attractive and encouraging about them. And you just say it. I mean, I got, hey, Dean, I just met Dean on Wednesday. Hey, dude, what's up? You know, and, uh, and we talked. We talked for, I don't know, five minutes. And we just were encouraging each other before we even knew what was happening. Um, that way, even if someone's coming to you in their need, in our own inadequacies and insecurities that we all carry at some level, uh, it's just nice to hear an affirming, encouraging word. So, hi, encourage them. 
Boom. That can all be done in one sentence. And then, who knows what L is? Listen. Oh, I don't have that much time. But good work. Good work. Listen. Dude. Nice tattoo, man. Is that fresh? Oh, no, no. Well, it's, this is my, my mom, and she died. But I got, you know, my, my daughter here on my back, and then, you know, all of a sudden, this guy's telling you about his tattoos, and he's telling you about his family. Dude, that's a nice ride. You got those rims. Those are, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what, man? I've been looking for the right rims, and the stock rims are okay. But, and they start talking to you about the stuff that's important to them. Oh, thanks, my haircut. You know, I, it was getting long, and I just didn't realize what to do. But then... You know, I went into my beautician, and she knew everything that I needed, and it was just so great. All of a sudden, they're telling you stories about themselves if you're just willing to listen. I just want to say hi and encourage someone, but then people are happy, oftentimes, to just tell about themselves if it's a safe place. Now, I realize I'm high extrovert, and most people in this world are introverts, and um, I also know that I want to be a safe place where they can feel comfortable um, if they want to. I don't need anyone to share anything. I just want to say that I like your shirt and I recognize that you exist. Okay. Cool. Bye. <laughs> but if there's something that they want to say, I started the game by saying some kind things about you. You exist and I like this about you. And then hearing what they have to say, if there is anything there. Um, and then... P, pray. 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 Now, I have talked to you guys on a few occasions um, upstairs about the seven magic words that I use to share my faith. Does, it, does this ring a bell to anyone, even if you don't know what they are? Does, does anyone know what they are? Could I say a prayer for you? Those are the magic words that I use to share my faith. Could I say a prayer for you? Those, each one of those words is crafted because people respond to being encouraged. Hey, you acknowledged that I was here in this sea of people. Nobody knew that I was here. And you noticed something personal about me. And if they're still willing to stick around and that you haven't creeped them out yet... And they might tell you something about themselves or mention something about you. You will oftentimes find an area that they were, they're hurting in. And if you're aware of your own needs and shortcomings and inadequacies, you will be much higher sensitive to spotting someone else's. And then, hey man, I got to go, but it was so nice to meet you. But could I say a prayer for you? Okay. This happens at St. Vinny. This happens at Noodles. This happens at Red Robin. This happens uh, in my garage with people. It's People, even if they don't have a grid for prayer, could I say a prayer? Okay, this isn't going to be long, and uh, I can say yes to this. And before they have a chance to change their mind, I just say, God... Thank you for Lisa. I'm so glad that her and I got to meet. Would you touch this broken leg and would you let her heal quickly and well? In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Lisa, it was so nice to meet you. See you later. All of a sudden, you just leave them in this whirlwind of, who knows? The Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants to in that moment. You guys, 
I have gone through these four things. Again, I don't do it because of these four things. This is I've just put letters to the things that I do regularly. This takes this can take less than sixty seconds with half of the people that I talk to. All four of these things, and uh, and you're on your way. So uh, I'm just saying this is this is helping people get the help that they really need. You're pointing them to Jesus. So by saying, "Could I say a prayer for you?" You're speaking all of these things in that one sentence. You're saying that I believe in prayer. I believe in God. I believe that God hears our prayers. I believe that God cares about you. I care about you. I believe that God cares about you so much that he would actually hear our prayer and could even answer this prayer on your behalf. Really? I mean, all of that stuff is being said when you say, can I say a prayer for you? And then if, if they want to ask more questions, they sure can. But even when you get rejected, which I have been, very rarely. <laughs> no thanks, dude. Did my sister send you over here? <laughs> uh, no. But even then, as you honor their wishes and say, hey, Bob, so nice to meet you. And just so you know, I will be praying for you. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. But for them to meet a Bible-believing Christian who believes in the power of prayer to honor their desire to back off, that's going to speak more volume sometimes than actually praying for the person. So be honoring and respectful as we assess what people might need most. Guarding Number four, guarding yourself. Roman numeral four. I'm going to name each point like that from now on. Guarding yourself from being overwhelmed. Well, we've already talked about some of this. You don't have to have all of your stuff together in order to pour into someone else. Have you ever felt like the needs around you or the need of the person in your life is so great and that person is so needy and demanding, not even bad needy, like needy, but just their stuff is so heavy and you just can't help but carry it with them and you go home and you're feeling the weight of that. Can anyone relate to that? Raise your hand if you can. Okay. Anybody want to say anything about that or how you carry that or if this is a struggle or how you've dealt with that? I would just like to hear from any of you. Yes? I was just going to say, that's why I feel that someone else can do better. Their stuff is overwhelming. I just want to tell you something personally. If I was ever hurting and you came up to me and had no idea what to say, you are one of the top people on my list. I would just, just for your kindness and your gentleness and your, and you even knowing that you have no idea what to say or do, I would just want to give you a hug and just say thank you for being here. I don't know what you need to do. You don't have to either. So I'm just saying, um, you have a lot to give and you've encouraged me a lot just even walking up and down this hallway, um, throughout the week. Um, what else do you want to say? You were going to raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Um, with that, sometimes there's places where you go and you listen, and that's the thing that, that I like to do is, is, is that, Lord, I need, I need you to go before me. I, I need to listen to this man. This man, he's in prison, and he lost his son. And he, he was, he's a Christian, and he loves God, but he got so angry that he couldn't bury his own son. So he got up, and he, and he left that, that Sunday, and so all I could do was take it home, and I, and I, I couldn't get this, 
I said, God, what do you want me to do here? And the Lord, you know, and there was no answer. There was no answer for this guy. But I kept on going, and he kept on missing it. And, but the thing is, is that we kept on praying for him. The last part where he came in, and he looked at me, and he says, you always talked about destiny. You always said that God has something for me. Now, I know what it is. And he said, I'm going to go back out there and tell people not to come in here so they don't have to go through what I through. And he hugged me, and we both cried. <laughs> <sighs> yes, Jen. I was just going to comment. I don't know who said that comment back there, but um, I uh, had a relationship uh, with the, someone I considered a best friend, and I destroyed it because I felt inadequate to meet her needs. I got overwhelmed. It was really before I was walking with the Lord, and under my own inadequacies, I ended up literally walking away from that relationship because I could not help this person. And it's one of the biggest regrets I have in my life. And now I'm wondering if God didn't put someone in my life that has even more needs to show me that <laughs> I just need to come alongside and be with. I like that perspective. And what Jason, Pastor Jason was talking about, <clears throat> nope, it was Pastor Joe in his workshop, just going to God for perspective. Um, Quint? Then Maureen. I think we should be, at least in the church, being more purposeful in identifying people who do have the giftings and abilities to carry some of those heavy things so that the people who need the help don't walk out of the church without their needs being met. You know, and I like what Pastor Jason says. He's like, something that overwhelms me might not overwhelm you, and something that overburdens you might not overburden me. And there are people who are able to carry a lot of things and hear a lot of information. There are some people who can just hear one thing about one person and, oh, just be crippled for a week because of the weight and the burden that they're carrying. And that's not wrong either. Um, but to finding out where those people are and where those gifts are, but also to know that our needs are not going to be met in the church apart from Christ. Our needs are going to be I mean... Community, as great as it is, small groups, home groups, cell groups, division guilds, whatever you want to call them. Um, uh, but these things are not meant to be the answer. These things are part of us, uh, part of God's plan for our journey to not be alone as we pursue Jesus. And the power of community in a Christian sense is when each person is seeking spiritual health and wholeness and truth for themselves. And when they bring those things to that community, that community is strong and powerful and can do something great. So, um, so Quint, to your point, coming to being a part of a church body, we need to be pointing people to Jesus with our practical help, with our practical relationships, with our listening ears, and with the scriptural truth that we have, we need to be doing those things so that they people rely on him more than they rely on us. And this goes to my next point. Um, well, it's it's in this is but is to be healthy yourself, to be healthy ourselves as much as we can, um, to know, to advocate for ourselves when we're in a hard place, to to be sleeping well ourselves, to be eating. To be in good relationships or to be out of harmful relationships. Um, to not be in sin 
in our lives that we just know is like a besetting sin that just we just keep going back to just to make simple good choices about basic life decisions um we need to be healthy ourselves um which will really give God a lot more to work with when it comes to us helping others. So uh, be okay with your own weakness, insecurities, shortcomings, and sin, and get help yourself so that you can be a help to other people in a greater way. Number five, um, questions to ask someone who's hurting. So about five years ago, I was I was in a perhaps the darkest place kind of, kind of along the lines of what I was sharing a little bit ago. And, um, and I have a friend who lives down in Chicago. He's a pastor. And, um, and we get to hang out every five or six months or so when I work my way down there. And um, one time I was just kind of, he had heard that I was just kind of in a rough place and whatever. And I'm like, hey, Scott, you know, I'm coming down. Can we, can we connect? And so he just was like, hey, Dave, hey, yeah, so... I heard you were going through that rough time. So everything good now? Ready for some breakfast? You got doing all fine? And um, those are the wrong questions to ask. <laughs> but here's the thing. Most of us ask them, hey, how you doing? How's it going? Family good? Good? All right. Everybody healthy? Great. We don't give anyone the chance to say no. That's right. That's right. No. We make them feel like if I say that things aren't good, that I'm not scriptural or I'm not biblical or I'm not a Christian or I'm not trusting God. Life is hard. Somebody, you asked me on the hallway a little while ago, Lisa, you just like, hey, how are you doing? How are things? How are the kids? And, um, and I didn't give a quick response. I wanted it to be thoughtful. Even if the answer was good and great, I don't want it to be flippant. I want it to be genuine and authentic and thoughtful. And I said, you know what? Yeah, and I just started thinking through each of our kids. And I said, you know, we, I said, life is hard. I said, I said, the kids are in a fairly good place. I said, uh, um, I just shared with me just a quick, and I said, but you know what? God is good. And I said, I know that might sound cliche, but that is where I'm at. It is well with my soul. And she's like, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, it's not like I wanted to heap all this garbage on her, and but she was there to listen, and that conversation was over in 30 seconds. Thankfully for you, right? Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're here. You must have wanted something more, sister. <laughs> so, um, but it's just being thoughtful and authentic. That's what creates a safe place, because trust is critical. For a, for a healthy relationship and a safe place. All right. Um, I want to know, um, I'm not going to ask any further questions about this, but since we're kind of family, you know, in our dysfunction, um, is anyone in this room hurting these days? I'm just, okay? Well, yeah, of course. Okay. I'm glad you're here. I am so glad you're here. Hang in there. David said in Psalm 23, God doesn't lead us to the valley of the shadow of death, but he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. And I love what Pastor Jason said, how 
Where are we going? We're going to the other side. And that is a fact, Jack. We are going to the other side. And I want to even encourage you, since you're here, to see how you can help those who are hurting. And you're like, yeah, lots went sideways since I signed up for this seminar. God's power is perfected in our weakness. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. You can have joy that goes deeper than your circumstances. And you can have power that goes way deeper than your own strength if you're open with your weaknesses. And just know that God wants to use you in spite of you. Even in these moments, even in this season. And, uh, and he's going to show you something greater than even the needs that you see for yourself. He's going to show you something more than you could ever ask or imagine. And I just... Um, I'd like to pray for, for those who are hurting. Lord, would you, would you meet us in our, in our darkness, in our pain, in our confusion, in our unknowns, in our seemingly helpless moments? God, I pray that the truth of your word and the, the reality of your goodness would resonate deep within us and give us strength to sustain us in our weary moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray for the meal. Dude, that was not my final prayer. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> yeah, see, now you're sitting up front. You can't leave early. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, inviting... Uh, oh, so here are some questions to ask. Uh, these are things. I say, what is? so what's good? What's good right now? Because they just told me 14 things that are bad. I said, okay, I, that's awesome. I mean, I get it. And it is pretty awesome when you tell me how bad your life is. Um, what's good? What do you mean what's good? Tell me what's good. You can't tell me the 15th bad thing until I hear something that's good. Uh, I will say, I'm, so what's next? I don't know, I was hoping you'd have the answer. Dude, I'm not in your situation. So what's next? What do you mean what's next? What's one thing that you can do? Those are other questions that I ask. What's next? What's one thing that you can do? Well, I could call my mom and start the conversation. Do it. I'll call you tomorrow. See if you called her today. Oh, there is always something that someone can do to take a next step, even if it is a very tiny step. Quint. If I come to you and I tell you I've got 14 bad things going on and you say to me, tell me one positive thing, I'm going to turn around and walk away. Turn around and walk away. Because as you talked about earlier, you didn't have the the emotional strength to be able to respond to somebody asking you a question, yes. right? Yes. If I'm in a dark place and I've got 14 things I just read off to you, I don't have the emotional strength to be coming up with that positive thing. And I get that. And as you walked away, I would go in front of you and I would be like, hang on, give me another chance. Would you? If you trusted me in that moment? Sure. I know you though, so. Yes. And I might not be in someone's face that I don't know or don't have a relationship with, with, um, but I appreciate that, and I I do appreciate that, and I empathize with that scenario. Um, But I also know you enough that you know something that's good, and I'm going to force you to dig in for that. And and again, I got nothing, Dave. I don't know. Screw this. I'm out of here. Okay, well, then we'll go from there, but... A lot of times, well, my wife still loves me. 
Yeah. Okay, dude, do you have any idea how many people would love to have that be their baseline? <laughs> um, and I just want to think of something that's positive that we can, not that this is going to be our anchor, but it's just it just keeps the slope from being so slippery. It just gives us a little claw. And it's a it's a stairway to finding the things that are good in Christ. So anyway. Dave, could you offer something good you see in them? It's kind of an encouragement. Let me tell you something good that I see in you. Yes. So oh, you're good come, at that, Chris. Oh, just coming out and being up here. Yeah. For them. Do you mind shutting those doors? Yeah, Chris, let's practice that. Okay. Let's say, say I'm hurting and you want to tell me something really nice about me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Watch it, show. <laughs> okay. Um, I will dismiss you in time for lunch, but I'm not going anywhere if anyone wants to piddle through this stuff with me or chat. Um, inviting God into the conversation. This is, this is me saying, let's pray. I said, I want to pray for you. You have just come with me with your 14 bad things. And they are legitimate bad things. It, they're legitimate to you. If not legitimate. I got nothing. Can I? Can we pray? Okay. And even then, I do. the last thing I want to do is pray out my suggestions or pray out some canned prayer. But I want to pray out scriptures that are true. Not as a way to mind game them into thinking right, but to let God's living and breathing and powerful word speak for itself. And then... If you are a believer and you know Jesus, you have access to his heart and his voice through a prophetic word. And that might sound scary and spooky and something that's not your gift. God's got enough gift in any moment for any one of us. And for you just to listen. And just and this happens so much. You know, I was like, Mike, I just want to say, and you start affirming something in them. I, I see something greater than this moment for you. And I want I think God wants you to know that you are not alone. Even though you feel alone, you are not alone. And there is power when you put your hand on someone if you have permission to do so. And just waiting on the Lord to see what he will whisper in that moment that will be a proclamation to their soul. And um you just have no idea. Like, Randy, I hardly... I, you jolted my memory a little bit with that phone call. But I went on to doing something else. But that was God whispering to me, and he proclaimed it to you. And it's great that I didn't even know about it, because he received the glory, not me. I just wanted to mention kind of one thing from what you just said, and then the previous thing kind of address um, that gentleman's concern. It kind of reminded me of um, you're bringing God's perspective when you ask for that one good thing because it kind of brought it to my mind if people know the Timboom story, right? Betsy, the two sisters in the concentration camp being brutally persecuted for their faith. They had this lice and flea-ridden place that they were living in. And Betsy said to her sister Corey, she thanked, she prayed and thanked the Lord for the lice because it meant that the guards were didn't want to be there. 
and they could read the scriptures and talk about the Lord and encourage the other women who didn't wow. know Christ. And so just bringing that perspective this horrible place to bring God's perspective that even what was bad, who'd want to live where there were fleas, right? But even that, she saw God in it because it meant that they could read the scriptures. So anyway, yeah, you're bringing God in. And you're getting his perspective on something that you can't see yourself. The difference there is, though, that she made that decision herself. Nobody came to her and tried to point her at that decision externally. Right. And that's the problem when you're dealing with someone who's at that point, is that someone is trying to now impose upon you an optimistic perspective. Well, she was saying that to her sister. Bessie was sharing that with her sister and praying. And I think you're right. You can't see it in the moment, but then the Lord will begin to work in the heart mm-hmm. and kind of bring them maybe to that same place. Here's another question I'll ask to someone. I will just say, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. And they, again, half the time it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, but like, I mean, how can I, how can I serve you? You know what, Dave, just you being here. I don't need your answers. I don't need your suggestions. I'm just glad that you picked up the phone when I called. And I'm like, bro, that's easy. I can do that. I can pick up every time. Dave? Yes? Here's one of my favorites. And this is um, not very comfortable for a lot of people. I'm going to just put you on pause because my time's up. And I just, um, so anyway, I want to pray for the food. And I do want to dismiss you so that I get maybe invited to come here next year. Um, um, but I just want to, so how to handle emergencies. You know, so what I did. Someone called your ballet lessons in the afternoon. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still hungry. <laughs> oh, great. Um, how to handle emergencies. You know what? I basically shared this stuff. Already. Mm-hmm. It's just being a good listener, being there. And if you need to go up the ladder to someone else, I think there's some danger potential here, or this person might hurt themselves or hurt someone else, or there's just a lot of instability that I don't know. Tell somebody. You know, if they're not willing to tell somebody, get some help. Um, so, and then the last one is creative follow up steps. I just want to say, Put on your calendar to follow up with a text or an email or a call. Just some time. Not a demanding one. Not something that even demands a response. Which is like, hey, thinking about you. Or a lot of times what I will do if I've connected with someone throughout the day, I'll just text them that night. And um, I'll be like, hey, I just really enjoyed our talk today. You inspire me and I have high hopes for where things are going. Or whatever. Just, Just something like that. They don't need to respond back, but it's just a... Ah, it's just another tool in the Holy Spirit's hands to let them know that they have value, they matter, and there is hope. So, um, thank you guys for hanging here. Um, Let's pray for the lunch, and then I, apparently I have a free afternoon. Um, (laughs) God, thank you for being God. Thank you for sending Jesus to be our Savior. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to be our helper, our reminder. Lord, we want to partner with you. 
to be reminders of the truth to people. We want to partner with Jesus in letting others know that we are loved in our weakness and his power is perfected in that weakness and that he is our true rock and our only hope. We can't have the Father's heart like you do, Lord, but we can listen like a good father would. We can care like a good father would. And a lot of that is just by being available and being attentive and listening. And those elements are not very complicated. They're not always easy. But God, would you empower every one of us in this room to help assess the variety of needs that are before us, even in our own life, and then to address them in ways that are meaningful and point to the path towards Jesus, wholeness, healing, and health, God. Thank you that even though we see through a glass dimly on this earth, there will be a day that we will see you face to face, and we will know all things even as we are known. But until that day, Lord, we invite you to join us in our struggles and in our sufferings, and we want to become more like you. And when we realize that, God, you are all that we have, It is such a good place because we realize in that moment that you are all that we need. So, thank you for your faithfulness to us. Empower us to those ends in the name of Jesus. Bless this food in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.